Hey, welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I'm your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Go on and get those apps. No charge means no excuses. Come on, tell somebody, why wouldn't you? Do you love Jesus or not? I kid, I kid. How's everybody doing today? I hope this podcast finds you living in the truth and allowing that truth to make you free. That's what we are doing here at this podcast, looking to make you free. In the middle of a good long series titled Doorways to Deception, we are looking into how it is that the enemy, the devil, is able to affect our lives and the lives of those of uh, those people around us. Let's not forget them as well. As we run into these people, we need to have some answers. But really, how is it that he is able to do anything to a child of God? We know he's a defeated foe. We know that we've been given complete authority and power over the devil. So how is it that we seem to still be finding ourselves in some messes? Well, it's as Ephesians 4 and verse 27 says, nor give place, neither give place to the devil. You really need to go read all of Ephesians 4 because it's running down how to walk in unity, uh, being a new creature, walking in the power that God gave you, and some warnings uh, how not to walk as well. And then it says, neither give place. Now, I love this because that tells me that the devil can't just take place. He can't simply walk into your life and rip you apart, but he wants you to think that he can. So what he can try to do is to deceive you trick you, lie to you. He's the father of lies, the deceiver of the brethren. He's looking to trick you into agreeing with him, surrendering your rights so that he has every right to walk through a doorway of deception right into your life. It's what we've been identifying on this podcast for some time now, how to recognize these doorways, how to see that coming, how to close them off. And we've been looking into Ephesians 6 at the armor that we have. This is designed to help us fight this battle Because let me tell you something, it is a battle. You think about it. We have armor and weapons that, to me, prophesies a battle. So we need to look for these little holes in the armor. How is he able to get in on me? Now, last time we were together, we looked at two things that are deceptions. And that was that one, that it does not matter what you believe. And the other was it doesn't matter what you think. And we saw some major kinks in the armor when it comes to those two things. And today I want to talk about this one, and this has been attacked by so many, really by those that even claim to be fellow believers. I'm not just talking about the world. And it's that it does not matter what you say or what you speak. Here we go. You name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, faith people. Do you really think you can have what you say? Let's talk about this one. This one has been so talked about, talked against. And as with everything we do, we found it has its ditches. We got one side saying it doesn't matter, don't need to speak, don't need to claim and proclaim. And you got the whole other side that says, oh, I got a jet, I got a Bentley, I got a mansion, I got millions because I named it and I claimed it. 
there's always something I, I wondered. If we can really have what we say, why aren't we claiming the nations for Christ? I mean, that's just me. I, I don't know. That's just me, but okay. So this is why this has been so discredited because of ditches. Let's talk about it. Because I can tell you there's a real spiritual principle found in speaking. And let me start by saying this to you. The word of God spoken by a believer in faith is just as powerful as the word of God spoken by God himself. Now that should excite you. That should really get you fired up. But there is a deception in that it just doesn't matter what you say. And so we have it both ways. Don't say anything. The other side may be saying too much. And of course, those who would be mouth monitors as well, love those. Just so many things trying to come against this because it is a very powerful weapon to be used in the kingdom of God. And the enemy knows that. The philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, once said that words are loaded pistols. I like that, but... As you know, having a loaded pistol could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. This final piece of armor that we're looking at, Ephesians 6, is a piece of armor that God has given to us to defend ourselves from this particular deception. Now, notice, though, this one's different than the other ones in that it is actually an offensive weapon. Ephesians 6 and verse 17, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, in revisiting last week's podcast, these tied together in that we know wrong thoughts, can lead to wrong speaking. I have so much I could say about this. Well, let's start at the beginning. Genesis 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So this is recognizing that we are the only created thing that God said, I want them to be just like me. We know it's easy to see how God created everything all throughout Genesis 1 and 2. And God said... And it was, and God said, and it was. So I want to, if you would allow me, uh, take a little bit of a different approach today because I want to do a couple things. One is to let you see that, yes, we can and need to speak. And then what I want you to see is what really happens when we do, if I can take this route today. The spoken word of God. Now, did you catch what I said? The power lies in the speaking of the word of God. Don't just speak any old thing. Let me give you a scripture right up front today. Proverbs 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you get to choose. What are you releasing into your life? The real issue is speaking God's word holds a true biblical principle that works in all areas of your life. Healing, miracles, prosperity, peace, joy. But no, the only thing that gets attention is the negative press about these five people who grab the headlines with jets and cars and mansions or whatever else they're claiming. It's all that people look at. Let's look at it. Let's look at the science behind speaking, and I think you're going to be surprised to learn some things today. I want you to see what really takes place when you speak, remembering that we are created in the likeness of God himself, the spoken word. This is, this is simple scientific proof. Now, it's way deeper But I think you'll get what I'm saying today. This came from me talking to one of the top... I remember when this first sparked in me, and this was probably... Wow. um, Gosh, I mean, well over a decade ago, for sure. Maybe even 15 years ago. I'm not sure. But the spoken word. uh, This came from me um, talking to one of the top 10 quantum physics professors. He sits on a panel of 10 in the United States of the top. 
I met him at a meeting that I was doing at a college, and he began to open up to me about this. Again, this is a man that lives this. He breathes this. And again, he's born again. He's a scientist of quantum physics. There's actually something scientific going on, but all real science lines up with the Bible anyways. But we have all kinds of stuff here that I'm, I'm trying to sift through because I could get very college professor about this one. I love this topic. I sat down quite a few times to discuss this from a biblical view with this professor, and he agreed and shared with me that, well, the Bible is filled with this. Jennifer Kahn, a writer for the National Geographic Science Division, John Hilprin of the Associated Press, he covered the God particle. That's the Higgs boson. They call it the God particle, but it's actually Higgs boson. So here's a quick article so you can see where we're going. This is the Business Insider Science Contributors, two teams of atom-smashing researchers at CERN's Large Hadron Collider independently verified with 99.99997% certainty. The new subatomic particle, which is a near-perfect fit for what physicists have expected of the Higgs boson, since its existence was first theorized, theorized 48 years ago. It's the Higgs, Brit- British physicist Jim Al-Khalili tells Reuters, the announcement from CERN is even more definitive and clear-cut than most of us expected. Nobel prizes all around. So what does this all mean and where does this leave us? Number one, why is it such a big deal? Finding a Higgs-like boson validates much of how scientists believe the universe was formed. The media calls the Higgs boson the God particle because according to a theory laid out by Scottish physicist Peter Higgs and others in 1964, it's the physical proof of an invisible universe-wide field that gave mass to all matter right after the Big Bang, forcing particles to coalesce into stars, planets, and everything else. If the Higgs field and Higgs boson didn't exist, the dominant standard model of particle physics would be wrong. There's no understanding the significance of this discovery, says Jeffrey Kluger at Time magazine. No Higgs, no mass. No mass, no you, no me, or anything else. Isn't that something? So what are we talking about? We know that Jesus spoke to wind, waves, storms, sickness, diseases, a woman with a fever. He spoke to demons. He spoke to a non-fruit producing tree. Every single one of these things obeyed what it is that Jesus said. We really need to grasp an understanding about the words that we speak. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 12, Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Jesus is telling us that you and I, believers, we contain a power to cause the lame to walk, the blind to see, demons to flee, and the dead to raise. Isn't that what Jesus said? These, these are the works of Jesus Christ. And too many people are simply making Jesus a social worker when he was more than that. He was a miracle worker. Ephesians 1 says that we have the exceeding greatness of God's power to us, the believer. It was the same power that it took to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. We have power. Now look at this. Philippians 2, 5, and 6, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Oh, so many churches would say that's blasphemy. It's right here. Let this mind be in you, 
which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. We gotta have us some Romans 12 and verse two on this one. We, we gotta renew our minds to see that we have way more power than we have ever imagined. The devil fights this so hard because he knows the power of the spoken word. Now again, we know what gives the word its activation. It's the speaking of it and the doing of it by faith, right? No Bible's gonna jump off a shelf and save somebody or heal somebody or cast out a devil. We have to activate this word by faith, by speaking, but I want you to know these things because it gave me a better understanding to know why this works and is important. We see Jesus operating in a very basic faith principle. Over in Mark 11, I want to set the whole thing up for you today. In Mark 11 and verse 14, we see Jesus's response to a fig tree that has no fruit. It says in response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard this, right? He didn't think it. He, he spoke this. Imagine them standing there and, and Jesus is over here having a conversation with a fig tree. And they heard that. They heard it. He didn't think it. He spoke it. So we skip ahead to verse 20 when they're coming back out of the city and they're passing back by where this whole tree thing took place. And suddenly Peter notices something. Now in the morning as they passed by, he saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. One translation says dried up from the roots. Now look at Jesus' response, how he responds to Peter in verse 22. So Jesus said to him, have faith in God. The literal translation is have the faith of God. Hmm. Have God's faith. Now, wait a minute. He's telling a man to have God's faith. Have the faith that God has. Peter's questioning the dying off of this tree. Takes place within 24 hours. He knows Jesus spoke to it, and now it's dead. Now, listen, I I don't know about you. I have seen healthy trees. Remember, it says it looked like it should have had fruit in the beginning, I've seen healthy trees that I've cut down myself lay on the ground for well over a week still looking alive with their green leaves and not connected to a root system. This tree is standing there and it's withered and dead, dried up from the root. He spoke to it and it is noticeably dried up from the roots. It's a dead tree. Jesus spoke to that tree and it changed its physical properties on a molecular level. It is now dead. It is dried up. A tree that 24 hours ago was alive enough to appear to Jesus that it might have fruit on it. The very physical properties of that tree changed at a molecular level. How? Well, Peter, I'm going to tell you, have the faith of God. How am I going to pull that one off? Jesus goes on to tell us exactly how to have God faith. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, well, for assuredly, I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed to be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Have the faith of God, Pete. What? Speak forth, add faith to what you say. Don't doubt it. And then you're gonna have whatever it is that you just said. Isn't this what Jesus just did to a tree? And we know that Jesus spoke again to win waves, this tree, demons, a withered hand, spoke to dead bodies. Jesus spoke and he got results. 
if Jesus could speak and we are authorized to do the works and the greater works, you and I can speak to a cancer. We can speak to pain. We can speak to blindness. We can even speak to somebody who cannot hear, a deaf person, and they can be healed. I'm telling you that the word of God is not void of power and man is definitely not void of speech, but the word of God is powerless unless spoken. Speak. So you and I, we're just sound waves of God's voice. So I want to talk to you quickly about a thing called quarks, not a cork, like out of a bottle, Q-U-A-R-K-S, quarks, been around since the beginning of time. So back to having God faith, Jesus says, if you want God faith, speak. And certainly that's exactly what we see when we look into Genesis 1 and verse 3, and God said, verse 6, and God said, verse 9, and God said, verse 11, and God said. In verse 14, 20, 24, and God said. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man. And in verse 27, he made man. And in chapter two in Genesis and verse seven, he takes a substance created by the words of God and he created man and he breathed the breath of life into him and man lived. It all started with God speaking. And out of that action, a sound wave is formed. Now listen, a sound wave will continue to travel forever. The reason we eventually don't hear that anymore because as it travels, it expands and gets to a frequency that your ear cannot detect. Uh, Think of ripples in a pond. But we know this because even though we can't see it, but how many of you have ever heard your own echo before? Right? You yell, that sound wave leaves your mouth, expands, right? It expands into into a size that your ear cannot hear for a second, but then it finds something to bounce off of And again, what does it do? When it hits that, it starts out small again before it expands and it gets back to that frequency that you can hear and what it comes back to you, a sound wave. You didn't see it, but it carried you. You hear your voice. Back when the U.S. launched its first communication satellite into orbit, they all got a little bit freaked out because it picked up old radio programs bouncing around from years before. So when looking at the makeup of the human body, Quarks are the basic building blocks of the human body. So let's look at it in, in, we'll look at it in reverse, backwards. How are we made? What, what are we made of? We have billions of cells. Those billions of cells are made up of molecules, which are continuously moving and vibrating molecules. Molecules are made up of atoms. Until the early 90s, the atom was considered the smallest particle of every living thing known to man. Now, in the 40s, we know they came and they split the atom, but the atom was it. That's as far as they went. But now as we had these advancements in technology and science, and now we know that the atom isn't the foundational building block, they discovered something even smaller. Atoms were made of quarks. So now we know that everything we see is made up of quarks that make up atoms, that make up molecules, that make up cells, that make up that thing called you, the human body. Why is it so important to speak the right things? How is it that we can speak and expect that our words could actually carry the power to heal somebody's body? How could Jesus speak to a dead body and it come to life or to a tree and cause it to die? Why would he say, in, why, would, why would God say in Joel 3 and verse 10, let the weak say, I am strong? Why? Upon further scientific study of the quark. Now they took this to the particle accelerator the Atom Smasher over in Europe, CERN, a 17-mile tunnel, 574 feet beneath the earth. And long story short, 
they, they, they figured, well, okay, if an atom, we, we finally smashed it down, well, let's take a cork. And so they, they take a cork, they took that and they smashed it, and all of a sudden they discovered that a cork is no more than a sound wave. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Quarks are made up of sound waves. God's voice reverberating through space and time, causing manifestations in our physical realms. And if that wasn't good enough, if that wasn't powerful enough, they also discovered that a quark is made up of three parts. Now, wait a minute now. Remember, we're talking about speaking and that spoken word that carried power, how Jesus said to Pete, to Peter, have God's faith. And God's faith was shown through the speaking of words. And now words manifest, and it's all coming back to the foundation of all living things and the cork that is really a sound wave. But this substance, this foundation for all living beings is made up of three parts. Now check this out. All three parts operate in a distinct, different function but yet are inseparable and make up the one quark. But all have different functions in three parts, but the three parts cannot be separated. That is your Father God, His Son, and the Holy Ghost, my friends. Let's make man in our image, our image, the image of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. So this means that it's not one plus one plus one, it's one times one times one, but it still equals the one. There's three parts to the equation. All three have to be there, but in the end, they're just one. Operating individually, but as one, the quark that makes up the body, the voice of God. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. He was the word. He is the word, always will be the word, and made us by the word. Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. This explains why they cannot find the ending of the universe, because God said, and it still is, God's word shall not pass away. So we're still talking about how is it possible that we can speak and somebody can be healed? Jesus tells Peter, have the faith of God. Hebrews 11 and verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by things that are visible. So we have atoms. They bounce around. In and of themselves, they do contain a very destructive force, but when they are isolated, when atoms are contained, they're harmless. For an atom to become explosive, it must have an external force penetrate its nucleus. A neutron fused into the nucleus of an atom makes what we know an atom bomb. Look at Isaiah 55 and verse 11. We're going to see something very explosive here. So shall the word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Like the atom, God's words are out there. They're bouncing around, and they too contain a very explosive power, a power to destroy cancers, 
a power to create body parts, power to destroy pain and sickness and disease. God's word has that power available in it. And what the devil has done is he's convinced us to keep the word of God isolated or shut up, separated, just like those atoms. God's word is powerful, but it says it's not returning, it's not prospering, it's not manifesting. And it could seem like we've launched a dud bomb. People who have the very word of God sitting in a Bible right next to their deathbeds have died. And yet this word is so powerful. It's life, it's health, it's medicine. So God's word is out there. But like the atom, to become explosive, it must have an external power penetrate its nucleus. Your faith fused into the word of God right? Faith teaming up with the power of God, the word of God, makes us a light bomb that can be dropped into the kingdom of darkness. You're just a nuke waiting to destroy sickness and disease and pain. Then the word accomplishes what it was sent to do. Faith infused into the word, launched out of the mouth of a believer. It's like energy to atoms and a chain reaction begins to take place. Ephesians 1 and verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, those that have faith, faith and power, power and faith. So when you and I speak by faith, the words of God, it sends out a power of the Holy Trinity is contained in those quarks, the sound waves. And we add faith to that because faith is a real substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. And we send that out of our mouths and those quarks create atoms, create molecules, create cells that took a dead man named Lazarus and awoke those cells in his body and he walked out alive. Move the stone. Why? Two reasons. Yes, he believed he was going to walk out, but Jesus also had to get his voice in. Jesus spoke to Lazarus because Lazarus was made up of a sound wave of God's voice. And those quirks recognized that voice as the one in the image in which they were made in the beginning. We can see this in the walls of Jericho. They were instructed to march for seven days, but look at this. Now look what took, took place here because I know the devil's going to throw up walls to keep us out from our promise. And God said to do what? Speak, speak to something made of wood, stone, and mortar. But you understand all of that was made from quarks. And God said to yell, to shout at a wall. Now, how many of you know that it takes faith to shout at a wall? All of a sudden when they did, come on, you know there's a holy shout to be had. All of a sudden when they shouted, it was energy to atoms and a nuke was dropped on that place. And those walls fell straight down. Why? Because of a shout. Friends, you better get your faith-filled shout back. The word of God spoken in faith by a believer. Have the faith of God. Romans 10, 17, the faith that comes by the hearing of the word. It's the fuel. It's the energy. It's the nuclear fuel. We light that word up by speaking by faith. Now watch this, and I'll finish here because this is uh, an ongoing thing, as scientists do. <laughs> this is so cool. Watch this, and I'm going to finish, because this is ongoing, as scientists do. Well, atoms to quarks, right? Smash it, sound waves. Well, let's keep trying more. Watch this. This is so crazy. And they did. They took that, and they continued to smash it. And guess what they discovered in the end? All that came down, right? We're talking about the substance that created every single thing that we know, right? Sound wave makes sense to us, doesn't it? God spoke. But guess what they discovered once they crushed that sound wave down? They discovered pure light. 
and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend or overcome it. I would really encourage you to examine your vocabulary today. Really listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. What if you had everything you said in the next 24 hours? Would that change your speaking? Listen, you cannot afford to launch those dud bombs or those other bombs that bring destruction into your own life. Watch your mouth. Death and life. Death and life, friends. Death and life are in the power of your tongue, but guess what else? There's also a miracle in your mouth. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. I hope this one made sense to you. So powerful. Listen, get to speaking the Word of God by faith today, and you too will be attempting the ridiculous, but I guarantee you, you're going to achieve the miraculous. Yeah.